for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Doing good? Amen. You okay, I'm expecting? Good. We're we're going somewhere. Tell your neighbor. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad we're going somewhere. God is so good, isn't he? Amen. I'm so excited. I know I sound I sound calm, but I'm really excited. I promise I'll let loose here in a few minutes. Let's pray. Father, we come before you recognizing you as the uh, supreme authority and just such a, a good father in our life. Truly, such a good father. Lord, we recognize that uh, apart from you, we can do nothing. So we ask you for your help. And uh, just say thanks. Thanks in advance. We're so glad that we have a comforter and a helper. Right now, we call upon you, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, (laughs) the same one who raised Jesus from the dead, able to strengthen our mortal bodies. Do what we can't. Show us the Lord. Show us Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Glad to have the babies in here with us. Hey, you guys. Hey. Um, I'm going to be talking to you guys about vision today. Um, I actually had, yeah, I'm excited. I really am. Uh, there's, um, man, I guess, um, I guess I'll just start talking to you guys and tell you just a little bit about um, where I came from back in 2000 and, uh, 2012, I guess it was uh, the uh, beginning of the year sometime, we were up in um, uh, Oklahoma, trying to remember where we were, Joplin, no, not Joplin, that was Joplin, Missouri. Babe, where is Pastor Chris Griffith's church? Griffith, that we went and took pictures at the one time? Bartlesville, that's right, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, about 45 minutes away where we uh, lived in Tulsa, and um, we'd just gone up there, Caitlin was doing some pictures for their uh, website, and um, uh, not long before this, um, we had accepted Pastor Cameron and and Mom's uh, offer to come out here to help at the church. Um, They they didn't really tell me what was on the table, Um, but then again, I was a a college, uh, Bible, Bible college dropout slash got kicked out too. And um, when I prayed about coming down here to help at the church, when I prayed about coming down to Beaumont, which I'd never heard of until I met Caitlin, um, like many people, they're like, Beaumont, okay, cool. Is that in Texas? Um, no, there, a lot of people do know where Beaumont is because of the refinery and the oil business. But um, I'm, a, I'm a little old Kansas boy. I didn't know. 
And so if, if you're in Texas, most people, a lot of people do know this, this area. Anyways, um, I uh, had accepted to come down here because when I prayed about coming down here, instead of going back to school to finish what I felt like the Lord had called me to do, you know, finish school, right? That seems like a pretty biblical thing, finish what you start. Um, I felt like the Lord directed me to come, and, I, and the way I f- felt like I heard it was that they needed you. He said, go, they need you. And so, and, uh, you know, my, my naivety and um, in pride I came. Ignorance, mostly, more than anything else. Um, I just didn't know. And um, anyways, before I came, like I was telling you, we were up, up there on that Sunday morning in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And I'll never forget it. It was, it was so powerful. I never had an experience like this before um, because we, I was just down at the altar. She was doing her thing, taking pictures. Bless her. Love that woman. And um, all of a sudden, I was caught up in the spirit. And um, I don't know that I was here on this stage, but I was on a stage. And I knew that I was pastoring this church. And, <laughs> oh gosh, it was it was so real. I feel like... I haven't yet come to that moment because I feel like there's a witness right now. But it was so powerful because I remember there was a large, there was a much bigger crowd than, than's here today. And I don't even know if we were here in this auditorium. Um, but I'll explain that in time to come. But I, I broke down immediately. I started weeping because I just thought, you know, like, I feel so unqualified. Anybody feel unqualified for what the Lord's called you to? And I just... It didn't make any sense. Is anybody else, like, God tells you, like, you're supposed to do this. Like, he shows you something. He's spoken a word to you. Uh, for, for anybody and everybody who's, who's got a vision, who the Lord has spoken something to you, just, I just encourage you, just keep pressing into it. And um, years passed by, and uh, I ended up telling mom, I don't remember if I ever even told Pastor Cameron about that vision, about uh, pastoring this church. But, uh <laughs> Knowing what I knew by the Spirit and having a self-confidence within me that is just from the Lord um, and uh, many years of prayer from many people, my grandparents, Pastor Cameron, and uh, even my mom and dad, you know, pray for me. Um, the Lord just deposited something in my spirit, and so I just, I latched onto that vision. And I really encourage you guys, kind of like I was saying, you know, just keep pressing on, just keep pressing forward, latch on to what God's speaking Remember how we were talking about how faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord? Just latch on to what you're hearing from the Lord. Don't, don't, you just can't afford, we can't afford to pay attention to what the word's, world's telling us. You know, that, that we'll never make it or that, you know, it's, it's, we're unimportant or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, those lies that the enemy might be trying to tell you or even your past trying to unqualify you. What, what you did last night, what happened before church this morning. Don't let that unqualify you. Come on, the gifts and the callings, they're what? The irrefutable. You you can't you cannot do what the Lord's put into motion. There's a greater grace. There's a great. There's a bigger chain on your wrist than the chain of your past and the chain of your sin and the chain everything that's trying to weigh you down. There's a there's a much bigger chain and it's the Lord. It's yanking you in. It's called His love. It's called His power. Come on now, Hallelujah. So, uh, anyways, I'm I, the whole time I'm trying to pursue my own desires, my own wants, and God just keeps yanking me back. You know, no matter no matter what, you know, how many times I fall, no matter how many times I mess up, no matter how many times, you know, I, I, I forget. He he keeps bringing people to remind you. Anybody anybody had that happen to you recently? People just keep bringing words to you and you're like, OK, OK, Lord, like 
forgive me. Like, I'm, I'm going to buy into the vision. And um, so time passes, and I'm like, okay, you know, I come down to the church, and um, like I said, a lot of naivety, a lot of pride, mostly ignorance. I really thought I knew, and uh, little did I know, because um, what happened is I, you know, we started getting plugged into the church and started helping out. Has anybody ever gotten to a position where you were asked to help out, and you thought, I'm going to show them. <laughs> I'm going to make them realize, you know, ooh, what I got, right? It's pride, just so you know. If you didn't know, now, now you do. It's pride. Because uh, when, when you're put in a position to submit and to follow and, and, you know, be a helper, it's not for your ideas. It's not for what you bring to the table. It's, it's about you upholding their vision, about, you, you know, you following them. And so really just if you haven't already, just put yourself in that position to, to follow the leader, Jesus. I'm just following him. So you follow, follow me as I follow him, okay? And... Um, you know, I'm thinking like, man, we're going to turn this place upside down. Like you ever looked at like things in your life, like people in your life, you're like, man, they just don't even know the half of it. If they only knew like what I got, what I bring to the table. And um, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that honesty. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. And so uh, I was like, man, we're going to plant a church up in Lumberton. When I take over the church, it's going to explode. It's just going to be so amazing. And we're going we gonna to go down to Mid-County. There's going to be three campuses instead of one. Trinity, one, two, three. I was like, man, I'm so smart. And, man, the Lord, the Lord, he's just so compassionate and kind. So we need to be that way with other people, okay? You just got to let them off easy, okay? You got to go, go easy. Be kind, right? Tell your neighbor, be kind. You, you know, that's, uh, that's what love is, right? tell your neighbor that, you know, that's what love is. Love is kind. Love is kind. Uh, where's all my guys at in the house? You know, the one thing that's desired of a, of a guy being, being kind. It's not being, it's not being bulky. It's being kind. Where all my men at? Come on, make some noise. Amen. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Pastor Cameron. He said, it's true. It's the word. I'm glad we got, we got somebody. So um, as time progresses, um, I, um, I start realizing that I, uh, I've got a lot to, to work out. I love what Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 11 says. It says, work out your own salvation. I was going to tell you to, to nudge your neighbor, but that's not even biblical. You've got you to gotta do it yourself. You can't even tell your, your, your neighbor to, to work out their own salvation. That's something that you've got to apply. So the question is, are, are you going to work it out? And it talks about fear and trembling. And so I got a hold of this book called Driven by Eternity, and it shook me to my core. I was like, ooh, I'm not saved. I was like, I'm, I'm not inheriting the kingdom. Uh, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, things that will disqualify you from inheriting the kingdom, um, in case you didn't know, a lot. So even like lying, cheating, like being angry. <laughs> All disqualifiers. I'm like, enter by the narrow gate. And I was like, ooh, I have been taking the path that is wide and easy to follow. And uh, so the Lord, um, like I said, he was dealing with me through all this. And um, this is in 2015. Uh, got a hold of this book. 
so about four years ago now, because it was about the, the summer, and um, I recommit my life to Jesus at a, at a youth summer camp. We took the <laughs> embarrassing, right? I, I was a youth pastor, and I recommitted my life to Jesus at a youth camp. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely praise God. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I was, I was pretty sad about it because I was like, man, like, I've got to step it up. Tell your neighbor, step it up. And so, um, a year goes by from 2015 to 2016, and I'm I'm fighting, I'm waging war on my flesh, um, my past. Soretta, stay with me, girl. Stay with me. Hey, I'm talking to you. I love you. You can get up and walk around. Go ahead if you need to move around. It's all right. I want you to hear this. This is for you. Okay, tell your neighbor this is for you. This will change your life. You believe that? Okay, I love you. All right. Recommit my life. I'm going through a year of, of hell, a year of battling my flesh. My flesh doesn't want to let go. I don't want to. I don't want to serve the king. I want to serve me. Anybody ever been like that? You've got something in your life that you just don't want to let go of, but you want to let go of it. It's like. The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. And, and so I got a hold of this verse, and I started making this my declaration. I said, I said, by the power of God that's alive within me, he's given me the strength and the ability to do what pleases him. And some of y'all might need to get a hold of that confession. Come on, come on. This is the word. It will change your life. It will change your destiny. It will change your pre- your very present. It will change right here and right now. Some, some of you just need to get a hold of the word and start speaking it over your life, speaking it over your finances, speaking it over your wife. Come on. By faith. Come on. This is how that stuff comes. It's got to come by faith. And we've got to be the ones that speak those things that be not as though they are. And so um, I started making this my confession daily, weekly, monthly. It was, I, 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 it felt like I couldn't crawl out of this pit. In fact, I couldn't. I couldn't do it on my own. And I hadn't yet realized that. And some of you maybe are in that same position that I was, that you think you can still do this on your own. But you know what? Glory to God, we're not called to do it alone. We've got a helper. We've got a comforter. Jesus himself said, I will never leave you. Never, ever, ever. I won't depart you. I'll never, ever leave you. I'll never. I'll, I'll be with you until the very end of the age. Tell your neighbor he's with you. Whoo, come on. That's good news. He's with you. The very, the very Lord is with you. And so as I begin to, um, the word began to manifest itself in my life. Things began, began to happen that I, I wasn't in control of, that I wasn't, I wasn't doing on my own because I had a helper with me. Everything transformed. I lo- oh, it's so, so amazing. I love walking with the Lord. There's nothing like walking with him. And, um, and so... Um, we went on vacation down to Destin, Florida. Anybody ever been to Destin? It's amazing down there. I know, I know the Revises, they like to go. Um, there's nothing like that Emerald Coast down there. And uh, we went down to Destin, and uh, let me just tell you, we had some fun with our friends. And when I mean fun, you know how, like, people, well, that's just a whole other story. I love my friends, but anyways. So <laughs> on the way back, on the way back from uh from Florida. We're on I-10 coming back. It's a straight shot, about eight hours. And um, about four hours into the trip, I think, we had just gotten maybe out of uh, Alabama into, uh, or maybe even uh, past that point. I think we were in Louisiana at this point because we were about four hours. And um, 
it was the strangest thing. I'm listen. It's, it's so weird. Um, I'm driving along, minding my own business, and then all of a sudden, out of the nowhere, the Lord said, "You're putting me in a box." I'll never forget it. And I'm like, first of all, I'm like, "Hello, anybody?" Right? Just minding your own business. And he said it again. Because at first, I, first I, well, I said, what do you mean? First of all, I'm like, okay, hello, but what do you mean? You're putting me in a box. And he said it to me again, and this time more firm. This time more in a, you know, like, I'm trying to get your attention, okay? So tell your neighbor, he's trying to get your attention. You too, he's trying to get your attention. <laughs> and so uh, when he says it to me the second time, it came together. And I knew what he was saying. Oh, man, I'm so glad for the word. It's so good. When I thought that I was doing God a favor by dreaming for two other campuses, I was putting God in a box. And, and I'm like, okay, well, excuse me for trying to dream bigger than 40 people every week and the church is dying. I'm just telling you what, what was going on. The church wasn't, we weren't getting new people. We hadn't been getting new people in a long time. And if they came, they didn't stay. It sucks, right? It was awful. And so I'm like, I'm doing God a favor by dreaming this big. And he's like, you're putting me in a box. And I'm like, well, excuse me for thinking, being small-minded, Lord. And so after that point, when I repented, when I said, okay, whatever you want to do, Lord, wherever you want to go, however far we should go, the bigger, the whatever you say, Lord, come on. That's a good confession. Whatever you say, Lord, tell your neighbor. That's a good confession. You got to help me preach this now. Preach it like you mean it. Come on. This is good news. This is something to get excited about. Because whatever he says is the best. Do you believe that? Whatever he says is the best. Come on. Amen. So right after that... um, I got a call from a suicidal friend. So I didn't really think much more about it. So this is the summer of 2016. Me and Caitlin took over the church in 2016 in October. So a few months later, three, four months later. And um, when we took over the church, we hit the ground running. I'm not going to lie. felt pretty good. I was, we, were, we were excited. Definitely nervous, definitely unsure. How many of y'all ever been there? You're starting something new. Anybody Anybody in a season of new right now? You're not really sure what to expect? Well, expect the unexpected. <laughs> oh, just trust him. Just keep following him. It's going to work out. Come on. He works all things together for the good of those who what? Who love him. We know we're called. We're called according to his purposes. We know that. If you're in the sound of my voice, you're called, baby. Come on. Tell your neighbor you're called. The question is, do you love him? Because if you love him, you're going to obey his commandments, right? And so I had, I had to reposition. I had to get myself in an alignment under God's word to, to actually suit up and, you know, follow in suit, I mean to say. Because if I love Jesus, if, I, if I'm going to preach that I love Jesus, then I had to follow in suit. And so 2016 goes by. We start the beginning of 2017. I'm not kidding you. It was like 
I'm pretty sure it was like December 31st. And I was like, oh, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to have a word for the Lord for next year. <laughs> and I was like, uh, let me just lean into the Lord. What are you saying? And it was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing. I'll tell you the truth. I didn't tell Caitlin what I started hearing until six months later. Nobody knew what I was, what I was thinking until six months later. And I just want you to know, if you're hearing some crazy things from God, um, wait for confirmation. Okay? But don't, don't just let go of them either. Like, don't just, like, just try to wait on them. Just try to see what he says about it, okay? And so at the beginning of 2017, I started hearing all of these things. And, of course, mind you, I've been following some pretty large organizations from, from this point when I came down here. 2013, we went up to Seeds Church on the Move. I was like, you can do this at church? They had, they had thousands of people. And they were like, screaming lights shows video like it was amazing there then they they you just felt it like when you walked in the room have you ever walked into a place and you just felt like loved and appreciated and you just like man like i belong here anybody you felt that you feel that here i was i was hoping somebody might say that about us right now but anyways i do hope you feel that here um we want to create something amazing and me and Caitlin had been striving to, to figure out how we can build something and create something that people want to be a part of. Because we, we know that, that it's available. We see what people are doing in other churches. They're proclaiming the good news that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is king. They're saying that he's the way, the truth, and the life. But yet, here we are in Beaumont, and we're just facing the facts. We're just facing what's in front of us. And we're like, how can we do that here? And so I've been, I've heard this guy, his name's Stephen Furtick, and he's preaching to tens of thousands of people, worldwide ministry. Ever heard of an organization called Hillsong? Right? They're amazing. Like, what they're doing to impact culture right now from a music standpoint is, is unpar unparalleled. It has been for the last 10 years or more, let's be honest, probably close to 20 now, right? They started revolutionizing the music and worship industry back in, like, the early 2000s, something like that. Darlene Sheck, you got, I mean, I, I, I know I got a lot of people in here who know who she is, Brooke Ligerwood, uh, uh, Taya Smith, right? Is that her? No, not Taya. Is that her name, Taya Smith? Taya? Oh, okay. Uh, anyways, so uh, Stephen Furtick, Elevation. And then I started getting turned on to Bethel. Mom started telling us about Bethel back in 2015, and I had heard about Bethel. I'd heard that they were a bunch of phonies and a bunch of crazies, and, and, but, but then I started hearing all these, these supernatural, amazing testimonies about how people would go into their healing rooms, and metal would disappear, like plates, rods. I actually talked to a guy. He said it happened to him. Uh, anybody know the guy by the name of Derek Evers? He broke his femur. No metal. There, there was metal. He, was, he grew up as a cowboy. And, um, yeah, Rodeo Cowboy. And I uh, had metal, but he doesn't have metal anymore. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, same thing. <laughs> this guy's looking at me like, eyes wide open, like, are you for real? Yes. Okay, supernatural. And so we, I'm following the, all these different, like, various organizations that are reaching thousands, tens of thousands. You know, uh, Bethel has more international people than, than probably any other church in the world, I would dare to say. I, I don't, that, that's not factual. That's just my guess. And, and so at the beginning of 2017, I started hearing all these crazy, what 
felt to me like ideas or thoughts crossing my head, like we were going to be the next Bethel Hillsong Elevation Church. Like, let that sink in just for a minute. Like, we're going to reach the nations. We're going to have the miraculous. We're going we're gonna to build the creative and, and, and you know, the musician. We're going we're gonna to start doing things that, that will attract the world. Hello? Anybody? Come on now. What are you here on earth for? Soretta, what are you here on earth for? We're here to attract the world. Didn't Jesus say in, in Matthew chapter 5 that you are a light? You are the salt of the earth. You're not here to, 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 to just blend in, okay? You're not here to blend in. All my youth, you're not here to blend in. You're here to stand out. You're here to attract the lost, the hurting, the broken, the dying. And so I don't know that it's necessarily needless to say, but I certainly feel like it was for me at that point that I felt like I was going crazy. I didn't tell a soul. Six months having these thoughts, and I'm like, I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going I'm to I'm stay quiet. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that that was a test for me to, you know, try to exalt myself before he, he brought confirmation. But there's a fine line there, and I, and I do wonder. Six months later, I'm at the same summer camp that I rededicated my life to a couple years before. And um, the guy who married me in Caitlin, his name is Jay Hoskins, wonderful man of God, uh, totally bona fide evangelist, raised people from the dead and everything. You know, people get raised from the dead still? That's dope. Okay. And um, <laughs> amazing. Uh, before I met with him this afternoon um, at the summer camp, um, <laughs> I'd been wrestling with the Lord and a leadership little uh, class that they had. They had a, a class for the leadership. And so um, they had this guy. Oh, his name's Minister. M-Y-N-I-S-T-A. You can look him up. He's the real deal. Full, full of God, full of fire. And um, he actually was, he has amazing testimony. But his, his old rapper name before he, before he got saved was Sinister. And so he, he, the Lord said, because he thought he was going to be a minister of the gospel like this. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to use what you did in the world for my glory. And so that's why he, he changed his name, just one letter, minister. Anyways, so he's, he's teaching, he's preaching this leadership class. And uh, he's like calling people up, going to lay hands on them, impartation, right? Literally said that. And, I'm like, and the Lord said, you need to receive. And I said, well, well, great. I said, lay it on me, Lord, because I don't like going to the front. I don't like people praying for me. I'm like, listen, same Holy Ghost in you. The one I know that talk to is right here. I don't got to move. Nobody got to touch me. I can receive from you just fine by myself where I'm at. And the Lord said, you need to move. And I said, mm. so I went. He hit me. I'm not kidding you. It was like I was sitting in the back of a Cadillac, like way back in a limo. And I was, like, trying to look through a dusty and dingy uh, glass um, windshield. And all of a sudden, it was like I was right here on the steering wheel. And there was a brand new piece of glass, and I could see for miles. And I knew 
oh man, I knew what God was calling me to for this church, leading this church to, to uh, reach the nations, to, to evangelize millions of people, that, that, that it really was n- not me going crazy, but it really was the truth. I, I knew it in my spirit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost and for confirmation and impartations. Whew, come on. There are just some things that you, you only get by the laying on of hands. I don't, I don't necessarily like it or agree with it. Uh, no, I do agree with it. I don't necessarily like it, um, but I do submit to it because it's, it's the word of God. Amen? And so that's why, that's why we believe on the laying on of hands because it's biblical. No other reason than that. And, I mean, do you need any other reason, right? And so um, later that afternoon, like I said, I was going to meet with that guy, Jay Hoskins, and he, he gave me a word of knowledge about it, but it was a, it was a confirmation word because he said, you've been, you've been thinking or dreaming these crazy things. You think you're going crazy and you're not. I was like, because <laughs> I hadn't told a soul. Nobody knew. Up until this day, I still thought I was going crazy. I really did. I was like, there is 40 people strong on a Sunday morning. And you want us to be the next what? To reach the next who? With what? How? When? Where? I'm like, Lord, this does not make any sense. You know, I'm so glad that he uses the foolish things. I'm so, I'm so glad that, that, he, that he, he, he uses people that are simple like me. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm stupid because I got the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. But I sure, I sure ain't nothing without him. And that was about as hillbilly as you, you get for a statement. That just tells you the truth. That I really am not nothing without him. <laughs> Man, I get home with this word from the Lord that we're going to reach 1,300 people in five years. This is 2016. I go home. So this is all the same week. So I preached that Sunday about, about reaching 1,300 people in five years. 2016. Right? You all tracking with me? Monday morning, I'm out, I'm out on my back porch, and I'm getting it. I'm like, yes, Lord, we're going to reach the nations. All of a sudden, the Lord says, hey, where'd you get that number from? And I'm like, well, this minister actually said, like, it was a good number to start reaching, like, this percent of your population in your town. I'm like, that, is that number not right? Like, we need to talk? He's like, yeah, we do. He said 17. I was like, 17 what? 100. I was like, okay. Now, I did come back with a time frame of 1,705 years. I don't believe the time frame is right. I do believe that that is a goal for us to build for our church here in Beaumont. I believe that God wants us to start reaching and sustaining that amount of people and sending out. Come on now. I'm not talking about just blowing up so we can just grow up and just get fat and happy and comfortable. I'm talking about sending out and reaching the nations. And that was, that's part of the vision, is that God wants us to start sending people out. And it was crazy because I'm like thinking, you know, five, ten years down the road. I'm thinking, you know, several years down the road. Well, back in, back in 2000 and, um, uh, well, I guess it was right around that time, 2015, 2016, this guy named Jason Cattell starts coming around. And I don't know this guy from Adam. All I know is that he's doing some pretty incredible, like, almost unbelievable stuff. Like, it's amazing. I mean, he hasn't raised anybody from the dead yet, but, I mean, really, yet. 
I, it's only a matter of time at this point. Oh, there has been one. One confirmed person raised from the dead. Thank you. Okay, so <laughs> back to my story. So this guy starts coming around. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, we're going to build a missions department in our church. Because I'm thinking, like, okay, we're going to have, we didn't have a worship team. Carrie and Andrew were nowhere to be found at that point in time when I first started dreaming about this vision. God first started talking to me about this. Shoot, we, we had nobody. I mean, that, that's really how it felt. We had a bunch of faithful people who showed up every week. But they, um, they didn't get us. They didn't understand us. It didn't make any sense to them. And, um. Thank God they've stuck with us. Thank God they're, they're patient and kind with us. I love y'all so much. But we didn't, we didn't have anybody. We didn't have anybody. We had, um, we had people that were doing worship, but it was not like we wanted to do worship. It was not like we saw. And so we're, I'm like, we're going to do it. I just didn't know how. And so um, as time kept progressing, all of a sudden, Carrie called me the one week. Like, um, I just want to sidetrack over to this point, and and because I've been, we'd been praying for people to come, and this is a whole other thing. The Lord um, got a hold of me on my back porch again on a Monday. He said, "I want you to quit praying for people to come and start thanking me, because I'm going to send them." And hey, listen, there have been a lot of people that He sent, but there's a lot more that are still wanting to come. So, will you thank God in turn? Will you thank God for the ones He wants to send to to bring alongside of you? Because he wants to bring people, but you just have to be ready to receive them, to so, so start discipling them. You see what I'm saying? Like you, that's why you got to get ready. The time is now. It's here. It's now. It's, it's not tomorrow. And, and I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead of myself, but the best isn't just yet to come. Like the best days truly are right in front of us, but the best is right now, here in this moment, because God is here. Come on. I said it's, it's right here and it's right now because God is here. Hallelujah. Come on. Lord, we honor your presence. We magnify you. He's so good. He's so worthy to be praised. And so, um, like I was telling you guys about Jason, he's just, you know, over in his own little world. And we start going to a cathedral fire. And that was pretty fun. That was pretty lit and wild. And there's hundreds of people that are showing up. And people's lives were getting transformed by the glory and the goodness of God. I just, man, he's such a good father. I just, it's amazing how good our God is. It's so amazing. And um, he starts doing mission work, and, and pastor and mom start going with him to the mission field. And then all of a sudden, he's like, um, you know, kind of uh, in need of some help. And so we're like, listen, you know, if you need a space, if you need some office space, we promised him office space like two years ago. Still haven't gotten any office space here. We're working on it, though. They do use a storage in our church, and she does come up here. They do come up here and work up here sometimes. But um, anyways... Um, so we were like, hey, listen, Jason, if you want to, if you want to, um, you know, if you need help, we're happy to help because I'm convinced one of the things that we're destined to do as a, as a body of believers is to be, uh, um, a bridger or uh, one who stands in the gap or, or one who, who would, who would, um, stop at nothing for the, the kingdom. See, I'm not trying to tell you, let's see. How can I say this? We just want to do what Jesus has commanded us to do, and that's to be one. We want to be the body of Christ with other churches no matter what. And so sometimes that can be a lot of hard work, and you can ask Pastor about that if you really want to know. But um, one night Jason was in here, and he's like, um, he said something to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, we want to do that. And he's like, ooh, 
because he was like thinking about coming on board with us. And um, I told him, you know, all about my dreams and my ambitions about building a missions department and a missions organization. And um, I'm just telling you, sometimes you got to be careful of, of ambitions. Sometimes you got to be careful and just just allow God to move, allow God to work. And um, and so as as time continued to progress, um, I realized that God was trying to bring us a missions department, and I didn't have to do a single thing. Sometimes if you just wait upon God, if you just like. Not even, like, not just wait and sit still, okay? So there's a big difference between waiting on the Lord and sitting still. Tell your neighbor, big difference. Big difference. So waiting on the Lord is, is, doesn't mean that you're going to stop doing what's in front of you, okay? If you're taking notes, you can jot that down, you can write that down, that waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that you should stop doing what's in front of you. Sometimes it just means that you've you got to work on a heart condition, that you really got to trust him with your babies, that you really got to trust him with your job, that you really got to trust him with, with what is going on right in front of you. And so sometimes that, that means that you still are doing exactly what you were doing before, but it's that you just change your perspective and you're not trying to work at bringing it to pass. <laughs> you're, you're not going you're not gonna work on it to bring it to pass. So... It, 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 it dawned on me, it clicked. I was like, oh, like, we have a missions department. So this is before Jason came on board at our church, and, he, and he's committed to building the kingdom. I, I love that about that man. I love that about his, his family. They're committed to building unity in the kingdom for the glory of God. I'm, there, there is nobody else I would rather link arms with than people that, want, that have the same heart and, and mind and vision. And I'm telling you, there, there is no better time to be alive on earth than here and now. There's no better place, and I'm definitely biased, but there's no better place to be hooked up and linked up to than, than this place right here and right now. Because, listen, God hasn't called us to, to some s- simple or small-minded. I don't believe he's called any church to, for the record. But I, 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 I can say that for, for our church for sure, that we're called to reach the nations. And you know what? Glory to God, we've been doing it. Amen. We've been sending... People like Pastor, like Christina, and like myself, I even I got to go last year. That was amazing. And so it, it's just, this is just a, a testimony, really, if you will, um, to try to explain to you and tell you of the goodness of God because he, he's not waiting. The, like, if you're ready, he's ready. Like, the time, seriously, it, it's so much is so right here and right now. You don't have to wait another second or another day or another moment or that like you're I'm trying to just explain to you and paint a picture that that right here and right now is the best time ever. And if you will get a hold of that, if you will live in this moment and not wait for graduation and not wait for uh, another penny or another paycheck or another person to come alongside of you, man, for God's sake, people, quit waiting for people to come alongside of you and be the people that other people can come alongside of. Quit waiting for, don't be that friend that always needs to be invited. Start inviting people to your circle. I'm serious. We cannot afford to just sit back and just be be petty and simple-minded and, and and just selfish, 
thinking that other people have to do everything? No, you do it. You start. Tell your neighbor, you start. It starts with you. It starts with you, and it starts right here. It starts right now. It starts with what God's placed in front of you. How many of you believe that God is faithful with what he's given you? If you'll commit it to him, if, if you'll start being faithful in the little, don't wait for the next thing. Start applying with all of your passion, with all of your pursuit, all of your life. Guys, if we can get a hold of what Matthew chapter 22, 37, and 38 have to speak to us about the new law and about the new covenant and testament, then, then everything else will fall into place. I'm so serious. The world is not waiting for, for a better discipleship program. The world is waiting for sons and daughters. The world is not waiting for, for a parking lot full of, of greeters that look good. The world is waiting for sons and daughters. The world is not waiting for children's programs, for people that will, that will go and prepare a place for a safe refuge that is quiet and peaceful. No! I refuse. I said, I refuse. Come on, I need some help up here. Come on, help me out. Will you refuse to just sit quiet and, and, and just the status quo? We cannot, guys. I am so serious. We cannot afford to, to appeal to the world with the world's methods. We have not been called for such a time as this. No, my Lord, my Jesus did not pay a price. For, for my life, for me to live lukewarm. And I'm sick and tired. I'm so sick and tired of seeing believers taint the name of Jesus. It, we, he did not pay a price for your life to, to live quiet and to live peaceable. No, he paid a price for you, for you to turn the world upside down. He paid a price for you to, to live full of power. He paid a price to live with you. Man, such a, such a simple message from my, from my bro, and, and I, I love this man. What, what a man of God. I'm so proud of you, Andrew Pineda. Talk to us men about Monday night, about relationship. It's so simple. But I, as, I was, I was, as I was spending time with the Lord Jesus today, I just, it became so apparent that, it, that everything flows and stems from a relationship with him. Are you committed to applying and, and, and submitting and sacrificing and, and paying the price? Jesus said this to him. That was my, the finish of my thought. Jesus said this. He said, except that you are willing to drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, you are unwilling. You're unfit to be my follower. And I, I couldn't ever make sense of that. But finally, there was a line that was laid for me to lay another line. And, and it clicked. Come on, because how many of y'all know it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That's how we learn. So you just got to apply. You got to keep applying yourself to the basics. You got to, come on, tell your neighbor. Keep, keep working at it. Keep applying. I mean, whatever you, whatever you got to tell them. Like, like, let's just start. Let's go. I love Daniel. He's like, let's go. That's, a, that's your motto, bro. And so um, it finally made sense to me. And so if you're taking notes, if you've never made sense of this passage like I had for so many years, basically what Jesus is trying to say is that except that you are willing to be sacrificed for my sake, your reputation, your time, what's valuable to you, 
the people around you, you got to lay down everything to follow Jesus. I don't know how I never saw that, but I just never did. And, 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 and so, man, this is hard to say. But, but if, you're not, if you're not willing to, to commit, then, then move. Get out of the way. If you're not willing to, to submit and commit and sacrifice and fast and pray, how many people are on a fast right now? Well, I'm asking. They're not telling, except I'm asking. <laughs> Jesus said, when you fast. Do you know that Christians are supposed to fast, like, regularly? How many people spent more than five minutes in prayer today? All right, we got a lot stronger number on that. I like that. When you fast, when you pray, Jesus said. What's really cool about right here where we're at right now, and this is nothing to condemn you or shame you. I'm just trying to let you know that, that we are here together as a body. He has called us as a body, guys. You're not called to do this alone, so quit trying. Don't try to do this on your own. Tell your neighbor. Don't try to go alone. You're not alone. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I'm with you. Come on, if you're taking notes this morning, that's a good, that's a good note right there. God is with me. It, it, like, wow, that's amazing. God is with you. And, and he's well able to accomplish and, and to complete what he's, he's started in you. If, if he's placed you as mama and dad, then he's going he's gonna to help you raise them up in the way that they're supposed to go. Come on now. If you're doing, if you are um, living unto the Lord, then he's going to bring it to pass. That's really what I'm trying to say to you guys today. Man, there's, there's a lot of, lot of things that I had written down this morning. But I just, I just want to know if you guys are willing to go with me and Caitlin. Yeah, you guys can come back up. I just want to know if you guys are willing to buy into the vision. I know it sounds crazy. It sounds ludicrous. 1,700 people, us, that we're supposed to do this. But I'm telling you, there's never been more opportunity. You know what? There's never been more power that's been made available for believers. There's never, there's never been more grace and light and goodness that's been poured out from the throne above than here and now. And, and he's waiting on you. Tell your neighbor he's waiting on you. And he's not waiting on you to finish school. He's not waiting on you to, to get all the way better or get all the way healed or get all your ish together. He's not, I'm serious. He's not, that, that's not how God works. You remember he used dirty and smelly and, and lots of other things, fishermen. They weren't worthy. They weren't qualified. Come on. Come on now. If, if you want to buy into this, I want you to stand up right now. I want you, what I want you to do, I want you to come forward. If you're willing to buy into this, come forward and stand with me at the stage. I'm going to talk to you guys from right here. If you, believe, if you believe that what God has spoken through me to you today about buying into this vision, I want you to come forward to the altar. I want you to get uncomfortable. I want you to come down here with your family. I want you to buy into this together because this is, we're not going to accomplish this alone. We're not going to uh, complete what God has called us to do on our own. We're, we're not going to go where God's calling us to go on our own. Come on now. I said he's calling you. Are you willing? Are you ready? Are you available? Are you, are you, are you sacrificing? Are you submitting? Are you committing? Are, are, are you willing to, to show up and volunteer? Are you willing to, to, to get here early and stay late when, when nobody else 
appreciates you from the pulpit, when nobody else says your name, when nobody else sees what you're doing, are you willing to go above and beyond? Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads with me? Apparently, Lord, you're calling my church. Apparently, Lord, you're calling your people. If you want to, guys, you can just get on your knees right now. God, I, I don't know what all this means. I don't know how you're going to work this. But, Lord, what I do know is that you've called us together. What I do know is you said that if we would go together, you would pour out your glory. What I do know, God, is that, that you've called me for such a time as this. And for those that are, have answered this call, that are res responding to this, this altar today, that, that are saying, yes, I'm a believer. Yes, I'm willing to commit. I just, I, I keep hearing the word supernatural, supernatural. See, Zechariah teaches us that it's not going to be by power, it's not going to be by might, but it's going to be by his spirit. So Holy Spirit, we lean into you. Woo, come on, words, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, we're leaning into you for words, God, for confirmations, God, for for uh, wisdom, for revelation. Yeah, even a, even a, the same spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing right now here this, through this place. God, do what he, we can't and open our eyes. I like to do this when I read my Bible. I put my hands on my eyes and I say, Lord, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things of your law. I like to pray that prayer in Ephesians that says, Lord, give me that same spirit of wisdom and revelation into the knowledge you have in the eyes of my understanding flooded with light so I could see, I could know. What is the hope to which you have called me, God? What are the riches of your glorious inheritance within me and the immeasurable power? Come on, somebody. The immeasurable power that's expressed toward me and within me, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I'm talking about resurrection power is living on the inside of you. But you've got to be willing to, to let go so you can tap into it. You've got to be willing to lose everything. Jesus said this. He said, for those who are willing to lay everything down, you'll gain everything in the next life. But you've got to sacrifice right now. See, this life is a test. And he's not, he's not waiting. We're not in a waiting season. This isn't about waiting anymore. It's here. It's now. Come on, tell your neighbor. It's here. It's now. Oh, come on. Just press into him. Yeah, press into him. Jesus.